Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. That's irresponsible death. That means that the Americans, that's you, that's me, are listening to our advertising world, which is, again, controlled by Satan. And this advertising world is not pushing responsible debt. They're pushing irresponsible debt. The more monster, use me, buy me, drive me, wear me, try me. Today we're taking a look at what God has to say concerning our finances. Pastor Mark teaches that consumer debt is at an all-time high and is the result of being influenced by commercialism. We learn there are two types of debt, irresponsible and responsible. Irresponsible debt hampers our freedom, drains our joy, dashes our hope, and impedes our privilege of giving to God. Responsible debt is, of course, the opposite, freeing us up to join with God and His purpose for our life. Whether you're responsible or irresponsible, it's a direct reflection of your spiritual maturity. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, verse 7, with our continuing study entitled, Money Matters. Proverbs, chapter 22. I have on the overhead a couple of monsters. Anybody see the movie, The Monsters? Can't go to many movies, but this is a great movie. Little Mike says, I only have I for you. <laughs> See him? Well, we all face the constant temptation from the more monster, M-O-R-E. Use me, buy me, drive me, wear me, try me. That's what our world is filled like. Instead of Mike and Sully, like you see as the monsters, the more monster looks more like this. This more monster wants to get into our heads, into our minds. We'll see today where he leads, if we'll allow him. We'll see today that the Bible speaks to us very plainly how to handle the more monster. Now, we want to just share quickly as a preview, actually a review, before we start the new area, if you get what we taught last week, which I'm going to give you in about two minutes, then you can get the rest of our teaching today. But you've got to remember these, so let's go back for a moment. Remember I held up last week a dollar bill and asked you a question. Well, somebody gave me a million dollar bill. How many think this is worth much? Well, let's just say it's a dollar bill. If I hold this up this morning, let's see how much you learned from last week. 
No looking at notes. Let's just see off the top of your head what's going through your mind. If I hold this up, who, who owns this? There you go. God. Because we learned last week that God owns everything. You got it. Including that and everything are our resources. Included means our time and our natural talent, our spiritual talent, and then something we called last week our treasure, which we'll get to right at the end of our teaching today. It means our ability to produce wealth and the possessions we have. God owns it all. Now, since he owns it all, we had the second key. We are to be managers of his resource. So everything I have, including my money and my finances and my gift and my time, are given to me by God to extend his kingdom on this earth. I'm to use that for his honor and glory. And we gave you three words to think about that. They were privilege. I had the privilege of doing that. I can enjoy those things and abilities God's given me. And also, kind of the flip side of that, I'm going to be held accountable for how well I do managing his resources. And point number three last week was simply this. A good manager recognizes God's ownership and willingly submits to it. And you remember we told you when God speaks over 2,000 times in the Bible on finances, it's not about raising money for a building or a, a, an orphanage or whatever. It's about taking my selfish, greedy, keep it character and changing it into the character of God, who loves to give, who is generous. We're exhibiting that this morning because the Bible says that His mercies are new every morning. You and I are enjoying those right now, freely, because God loves to give. So when we talk about money matters, we're talking about our character becoming more like Christ. Now money has a great, this, this little, if it was a dollar bill this morning, has great influence in my life. How I handle this and all those other things come from here. Has great spiritual influence. And that's the part that many times we want to separate our spiritual walk from the things of life. You can't do that. Now we gave you two keys last week of five that we're going to give you. Let me just review the first two quickly. If we're going to handle God's money and our time and resources effectively, we have to, number one, work hard. You, you won't have anything if you don't work hard. We talked about that last week. Number two, we learned that we're to give generously to God and others. And we learned last week that the Bible teaches us that God wants to give us in a certain way. We learned the term called first fruits. And that was giving where? Off the top, remember? Cream right off the top. The best always goes to God. Now, when we do that, God's principles in His Word says that it's very interesting. If we give, we get back. Because God's shovel, you remember, as we taught last week, is much bigger than our shovel. So as we give with the right motive to God, God blesses us back. The converse of that is, if I'm stingy with God and keep my things to myself then I don't get back. I'll eventually lose. God will bless us three ways, we learn. Spiritually, materially, and also eternally, where we're going to live forever. God gives back to us in those ways. 
Then we learn, and this is just a quick review, that in the Bible, there are three ways God designs for us to give. I put them on the overhead to remind you of what they're like. Let's think about the first one. The first one this morning was uh, tithes. Tithes just means a tenth. It's an Old Testament principle that really I believe is carried over into the New Testament, except you have to base it in grace. It's just a starting point. So God says to us, when you have your income, you need, I, I desire for you to give off the top to me 10%. That's the tithes. Now, if you want to fuss about it and get angry, we talked about last week and say, no way, I'm not giving that to God. Remember who gave you everything in the first place. And second, you say, well, I want to be under grace, just a New Testament guy or gal only. Wonderful. We go to Romans chapter 12 and we give 100%. The choice is yours. So we understood that that ties, God says, just belongs to me. It comes to the storehouse where you're fed. Doesn't go to Christian TV, doesn't go to missions. It goes to the place where you're fed so that this place can function and minister. Second thing we learn, God says you're to give offerings. That's between you and God. It's free will. The third thing we learned that is alms. And you guys have been doing that. The little Samaritan purse boxes. All the gifts you bought, the five bucks you put in it as you mailed it, that was to the poor. The money we'll be giving those families on the Christmas season to go down and buy food and so forth that you provided for them. That's the alms. This is the way God encourages us to give. Now, this giving, basically, we found in Malachi works like this. If I decide not to function like this, then I'm actually, the Bible says, especially in the tithe area, I'm robbing God. But if I rob God, who generously gives back to me, then I'm really robbing who? Myself. And so I heard somebody during the week, it was a comment, they said this, and get it in the, in the right sequence I'm talking to you. I tithe sometimes. Now stop and think about that for a moment. Let's reverse it. I give, I pay my taxes sometimes. Now if you do that, we do have a jail minister here. <laughs> we would come see you, right? So the tithe, the tithe isn't like, well, sometimes. No, the tithe is, belongs to the Lord, that giving. And we shared with you last week how to do that if you've never done before and that God challenged us. So... The bottom line is this, the more generous we are in our giving to God, when all of it is His anyway, obviously, the more He will entrust back to us, not to enhance just our life, but to spread the kingdom of God. Now, if you get those principles that I just shared with you, if you don't get those two that I shared with you this morning, work hard and give generously to God, and this is the way you do it, you might as well just go like this, click, and be thinking about something else for the rest of the 45 minutes. Because this is the premium that you have to understand before we move down to the other sequences. So let's give you the last three this morning, keys to effective money management. In Proverbs 22.7, we have the third key. And here's the third principle. We need to plan, here's the B word, budget, and handle debt. Plan, budget, and handle debt. Proverbs 22 7 says this the rich rule over the poor, the borrower is servant to the lender. Now, 
I have a American Express credit card here. Mine. Who owns this? No. Oh, God doesn't want your credit cards. I mean, if there's nothing on it, he'll be glad to take it. But who really owns it? The credit card company. And then who do I really owe? You just read it. I am, if I'm not paying my credit cards off, I am a servant or a slave, not to God, but to a financial, worldly, mammon system. So, I believe there are two kinds of debt. Let me share with you those this morning. Responsible and irresponsible debt. I don't believe that the Bible teaches that we should never borrow. We kind of went through that back in the 70s when everybody got off of everything and they're going to try to, everybody's going to try to pay cash for their home and yeah, good luck. But I believe there is responsible debt. What I believe responsible debt would involve would be things that are pretty much necessary for our life. For many of us and many of you, you had to go in debt for your education or your some kind of a training. For our homes, most of us certainly can't pay cash for our homes, so we do that. Even for cars, if they're done in a, in a general way. So those kind of things, I believe, are responsible debt. But responsible debt simply means this. When I borrow, when I use that, when I sign for the house, I must be able, with the finances that I currently have, be able to pay it back in a responsible, timely fashion. If I, on the other hand, am going out and borrowing and don't have a clue how I'm going to pay it back, and when it comes to the end of the month, specifically on this, I'm buying a new TV, and man, they got the new flat ones there, and the big guy, and I got to have that, and I put it in, it's two grand, and I put it on here, and I don't have a clue how to pay it back, that's irresponsible debt. Because what happens is, basically you understand, I'm now a slave to this. That's not what God wants. There is responsible debt. I'm sorry to say this morning that the United States, basically most Americans, like Newsweek magazine said, here's a head of a lady and a man up to their neck in credit cards. Only to have that happen in your house is all you have to do is just take every letter that comes to you offering you new credit card. In a few weeks, you'll be up to here with credit cards. Is that right? They just keep offering them to us. So the, the title of this is, Are You Maxed Out? American consumers are drowning in debt. That's irresponsible debt. That means that the Americans, that's you, that's me, are listening to our advertising world, which is, again, controlled by Satan, and this advertising world is not pushing responsible debt. They're pushing irresponsible debt. The more monster, use me, buy me, drive me, wear me, try me. And we fall to that very easily. Notice God says, if you continue to fall to that and you have trouble with that, you become the slave, not to God, but to our commercial system. Listen to what J. Reuben Clark says. Once you're in debt, irresponsible debt, 
Interest will be your companion every minute of the day and night. And it's working against you. It has no love. It has no sympathy. It is as hard and soulless as a granite cliff. And you can't dismiss it. Wherever you get in its way or cross its course or fail to meet its demands, it simply crushes you. Do you know that the number one problem in marriage counseling in the United States is about money? It's because we have not learned to handle our debt in a responsible way. Irresponsible debt, and I want you to write this down somewhere. I'm going to write it. I already have in my computer program at home in my Bible. I thought a lot about this, and I tried to word it so it would make sense to you. Look what this says. Irresponsible debt hampers our freedom, drains our joy, dashes our hope, and impedes our privilege of giving to God. Not responsible debt, but irresponsible debt. I, I tell a and all the pastors do in our premarital counseling when we get to the chapter on finances. This young couple who are headed off into their marriage as they're putting things on the credit card, if they're going one or two or three months and they can't pay that credit card off, in other words, they just keep adding and adding to the bill, then what I tell them is they need to do early on in their marriage plastic surgery. Get the scissors. Cut it out, put it away until you can learn to handle money in a responsible fashion. Do you know that 40 years ago I would never use this sermon? Because 40 years ago you had checks, no credit cards. You wrote about three or four bounce checks. The bank canceled it or you ended up in jail. You, you couldn't get like we get today. But that's the way we are in our society sad to say. Now turn with me to Luke chapter 16. Jesus ties our handling our money to our spiritual maturity. Now I know some of you, even as I teach, are in debt. Big time debt. Don't get discouraged. Just listen and we'll go through the principles for you. So don't just turn off and say there's no hope. There is hope. And I'm going to give you in a moment five ways to get out of debt. But before we get there, by the way, I just want to say this to you that are parents. You are instilling into your children how to handle finances. God help you do it with responsible debt. If not, you need to sit down with your kids and be honest. Mom and dad haven't done well. We haven't handled the finances like we should. We let the more monster get into our lives. And we're going to get that corrected, but we want to show you how to handle your finances. I want you to think about the more monster today. The more monster has a way to get into all of our lives constantly. Luke 16, 10. Jesus says this, whoever can be trusted with very little, and very little there simply means worldly riches. Whoever can be trusted with money can also be trusted with much. Much basically means true riches or spiritual treasures. So Jesus says, whoever can be trusted with the finances of this world, if they can handle those, then they can be trusted with the 
treasures, the spiritual treasures that I want to use to give them. And whoever is dishonest with very little, in other words, can't handle it, irresponsible debt, will also be dishonest with much. You see, that's that if I'm in debt and God shares with me, I want you to do this, or I want you to give here. Do you know how many people, and you'll understand this, say, Pastor Mark, I'd love to do what you did, what you said, tithe and offer. I just can't do it because I'm in debt. That's exactly right. So you have to find a place, as we talked about last week, to start. Start with a couple percent. Start doing it. Find a way to get out of it. Because what has happened is the world system, through irresponsible debt, has come in and it's affected your spiritual life. This is not fluffy stuff. This is not economics 101. This is about our walk with God. Now, look at verse 11. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Can you imagine if this church couldn't handle the finances? Can you imagine that verse says, if the financial people that handle this church, including myself, my own personal life, and the way the elders and the pastors handle it, if we can't handle them, he's not going to give us spiritual things to handle. I mean, the worst oxymoron in the world is a pastor who can't pay his bills and then gets up and claims he's in a great spiritual walk with God. That's impossible. So I have to watch my own life. I have to operate the same way. And I'll share with you later how the, mo- the more monster can get in, even in my life. So how we handle money has a great deal to do with our spiritual maturity. Now turn to Proverbs, back to Proverbs chapter 22. Just keep a little marker in Proverbs because we'll be back and forth there all service. Here's five ways to get out of debt. Proverbs 22.3. The first way to get out of debt, write these down and pick up a tape afterward is this. Face the problem, a lack of discipline. Proverbs 22.3 says this, A prudent man sees danger and he takes refuge. But the simple keep going and suffer for it. I want you to watch this scenario. See, see how real you think this is. Here, here's the two credit cards I have. I have an American Express, which I get airline miles on. And I have this Morgan Stanley Dean Winter, which is a freebie that I also get air miles on. You know me. Now, can you imagine? I go to sleep at night, and the two credit cards come out of my wallet and say, he's asleep. Let's go into town. We can spend like crazy. Here we go. How many know that your credit cards don't come out of your wallet or your purse and go to town and shop by themselves? Let me see your hand. (laughs) Who takes them? Let me see your hand. We take them, we sign. Okay, so if we're burdened by debt, we're not going to be able to do life right according to God's plan. We've learned that we need to take responsibility for our finances, face the problem, and develop some godly discipline. Don't keep making the same mistakes over and over. Remember, a smart man sees the problem and gets help, but the ignorant keep doing what they've been doing and suffer. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. How you manage money determines your spiritual maturity. The ability to handle finances according to God's principles is something a lot of people struggle with, so don't be discouraged. Be determined. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will share some biblical advice on how to get a handle on your debt. You'll learn how to be content and live in moderation so you can finally begin to enjoy life as God designed. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear